the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for your personal bank show with Ferret's Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferret's Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Today I'm going to share something very special that just happened to me a few days ago. I was uh, invited to speak for a group and uh, investor group in Seattle, and I've probably been to Seattle, uh, as far as speaking engagements go, more than almost any other city, maybe with the exception of Denver. Uh, those have been two of uh, the places I've been the most often. And uh, I just want to thank uh, uh, Kip and Laura for inviting me to uh, to come and speak again. Uh, it's kind of fun to do this uh, after having a couple of years off due to the COVID shutdowns, uh, to get back in front of people and uh, meet with them in person and, you know, you know, slap some skin and, and share some uh, awesome ideas in terms of how to, you know, enhance your financial future, navigate this uh, economic chaos, change, all that stuff we're dealing with. But what I wanted to share is, you know, the personal bank concept, we always talk about maximizing cash values. We talk about uh, creating, you know, maximizing positive arbitrage, minimizing taxes, all those kinds of things. And of course, your personal bank definitely does that. We're in a scenario right now where we're in an increasing interest rate environment. So it means dividends will be higher going forward. That's exciting. Um, you know, we got a, we, we've got a locked in a borrowing rate uh, for the next several years, years at 4%. So, you know, for example, if you're making 6% dividends and you access the money at 4, you're still making 2% on the money you spend each and every year for the rest of your life. I mean, folks, that's that's significant. It makes your money go farther. Let's let's face it. And uh, if you're you know sitting on cash waiting on the sidelines, might as well make six percent on it, right? Until you're ready to pull the trigger, and then when you do, you still pick up a two or three percent positive arbitrage, depending on this, uh, depending on the interest rate situation and everything that's going on. But one of the things I want to share, like I said, this was very touching, very uh, something happened very special. And, 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 and frankly, the first time in my career something like this has ever occurred, one of the benefits of, well, before I, before I get there, too, the last thing I want to share before I go the, this direction is the, uh, the Seattle workshop that I did, actually it was in Kirkland, uh, Washington, was really awesome because the folks that, I, that invited me to speak, of course, as they even stated with the, in front of the group, They've been clients worked, working with me for about the last four and a half years um, with the personal bank concept. And the husband, uh, as he stated, uh, very successful uh, engineer type. He'd been, you know, earning a good income, was able to retire a couple of months ago. And he, as he even stated himself, a combination of doing real estate investment and using the personal bank concept. And as he stated at the workshop in front of everybody, I said, you know, the personal bank I know is a portion of a part of helping you retire early 
And as he stated himself, it was a big part. Creating the positive arbitrage, like you said, to be able to create the pos the cash flow, increase his cash flow, is what enabled him to be able to pull the trigger from a very, very well, most people would consider a very well-paying engineer type position to be able to retire from that in his 40s. Folks, <laughs> that's powerful. That makes an impact. And as like he even stated also, he, he had done the numbers at one point a few years back and realized if he kept going down the path he was going, he probably would have never been able to retire early. So this allowed him to retire many, many years, even decades earlier than, than the, uh, the, plan, the plan he was on or the path that he was on, of course, which is the path that most people you talk to and meet and talk to are taking, right? So that was very, very poignant moment in the meeting and very powerful. Also, I think some of the other things that was so powerful about the meeting, and then, and then I'll show the most powerful moment, was I had a, a, a handful of folks, clients of mine, which was awesome, that had been with me six, seven years. And it was really awesome to see, you know, I hadn't seen them in person, many of them, any of them, in several, the last two or three years because, again, of the COVID shutdown. So to get back with old friends and clients was awesome. But as I, one of the things I stated to the to the folks in the meeting, I was like, "Hey, if you uh, if you want to know if I'm for real or not, you know, folks that have been wor working with me for five years plus, please raise your hand that are in the audience." And there were a number of hands, of course, that went out. I said, "Talk to any of them if you want to, and you can see what it's like to work with me." And of course, many people did, which is awesome. You know, that's it's that kind of personal testimony, testimony, personal experience that you know sharing for somebody else that just is so powerful so obviously i'm meeting with many of the the folks i met with they're becoming new clients are excited for obvious reasons they want to be able to retire early just like the folks who invited me and uh and they want to have that positive experience with their financial situation like many of those other clients who are in the room um that have been working with me five six seven years even so again, it was a really exciting time, really special time for me, special meeting, uh, if you will. And, and all of them were great, but that this one had some special moments as a result of that. But the most, maybe one of the most poignant moments in the meeting was one of the couples that attended. And I asked them beforehand, I, I would never share this kind of personal information with anyone unless they, they, you know, they made it very clear that it was okay. And and Joey was adamant about absolutely. In fact, that was the reason he was there. In other words, we, like I said earlier, we talk about the cash values and the cash growth and the positive arbitrage and reducing taxes and all of that. But built into all these personal bank policies, again, we're maximizing cash, minimizing death benefit, of course. But, you know, there still is a death benefit. And a lot of people kind of gloss over that or make the statements that I don't really need that. And that, that, that's true in some cases. But built into it also is a living benefit rider at no additional cost. Now, these little living benefit riders basically operate like, you know, it's terminal, uh, whether it's terminal illness or critical illness, that type of thing. If you're diagnosed with something significant, you, you can have a significant amount of the monies, the death benefit, if you will, available to you early on a tax-free basis. Now, this situation happened with this client of mine who's in his 50s. I mean, this was not expected in any 
way, shape, or form, but he was diagnosed with cancer. And a pretty bad one at that. And his doctor basically has told him that, you know, he has less than a year to live, in his opinion. Now, we're obviously hoping and praying for Jovi that that's not the case. And he's being very actively, he's getting chemo, he's doing some alternative medicine. I've uh, connected him with uh, my uh, some naturopath people that I know, and he's working with some that he knows, that kind of thing. But the thing is, one of the benefits of these personal bank policies is the living benefit. It is if you end up with a terminal or a critical type illness that you need assistance or, you know, there's, you know, significant things going on medically, money's available and it's an advance on the death benefit. And depending on the size of the, of the investments you've done, the policy, this couple had done a fairly significant policy, nothing huge, but, you know, significant enough. But there was a lot of money available for them through this rider. Well, I, when they told me about the cancer diagnosis, I said, you know, I think you may qualify for this terminal illness rider, this living benefit. And it turns out they did. All it takes is a doctor's notice, or a written letter, basically. Okay. And uh, they got the check. They got the money. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to say how much, but I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to say this. It's an amount that would be, it was, it's a very significant amount of money. It's more money than most people make in a decade or two, okay? So it's, a, it's, it's enough that the financial burden is now off of their shoulders for both husband and wife. Both had been working. They were in the medical field, in fact. So, you know, they're making some decent income. Their income has been replaced, okay, for like a decade plus, easily. In other words, and I stated this in the meeting, the, the, you know, again, would never wish this on anyone. But the thing to understand is, if you take the financial burden out, out of the picture of somebody that's dealing with something very significant medically, it allows them to focus on what's truly important, and that's healing. And they said, absolutely, that's exactly the case. And it, 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 they both agree that the, and have talked to me that, that knowing that, that, that they're taken care of financially, and Jovi stated that to me, he said, just knowing his wife's taken care of is so important to him, knowing that just in case something happens, of course, again, hoping that's not the case, but to know that, that that's taken care of is off the table. It's, it's one less thing he has to worry about. And both of them now can focus on him healing. In fact, uh, as they told me a month or so ago, their doctor said, you know, if he was in more of a tri in Washington State, right? It's kind of kind of chilly, cool climate. So if you're somewhere warm and tropical, might be beneficial for a while. So they said, you know what? Let's go to Hawaii, and they did. And he he's looking great. So um, it was definitely beneficial, definitely helpful. What is so touching about all that? Again, this is the first time this ever has ever happened in my career. Is Jovi's having you know chemo. And he had a chemo treatment that morning that I was doing my workshop. And it was so important to him. He told me, his wife told me this, that when he woke up that morning, he says, look. And they tried to get tickets to the event. Turns out that they were actually sold out. And uh, so they decided they were just going to come by early and just say hi. 
They just want to say hi to parents and, uh, and ask if there was any way they could maybe get in. And of course, we got them in. And but they say, you know, just wanted to be there to support me. And they didn't have to do that. I mean, here's a couple that's dealing with a life-threatening medical situation. And for them to take time out of their lives, dealing with chemo and all those kinds of things, I got to tell you, folks, I was touched. I mean, I was really, really, truly touched. And I shared that story with this group. And anyone who was there, anybody listening, will know what I'm talking about. Maybe you had to be there. I don't know. But it was, it was a truly powerful moment when I shared the story. And, the, the, you know, there, there was no reason for them to be there. There was no, they didn't, there, and I even said, look, if you, come, if you want to come, that's awesome. But if you, if, I totally understand. So the fact they just wanted to be there to support me shows me the character that Jovi has as a person. And I just want to say I really, really appreciate it. And I was really touched by this. So I just want to say I'm going to ask everybody to say a prayer for Jovi, that he gets well and he gets he heals completely. And, you know, you may not know who Jovi is, but God does. And that's all that's important. So I'm going to encourage everybody. If you want more information on, on, on this, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. And call, this, call all this could work for you. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'll share some more exciting news that's coming up as we go forward. So stay tuned. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. The last segment was pretty <laughs> emotionally intense. I had to kind of gather my thoughts a little bit there during the break. So um, anyway, what, I wanna, what I'm want what i going to say, and if you missed it, I'm just going to encourage you. Go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows anytime you want. And uh, the first segment was how living benefits work on these these in a real live example. And, a, a, you know, how it can affect you or benefit you and your family. And, of course, a tribute to Joby. What I want to talk about more now is what's next? What's happening? What's going on? I get, I'm get i getting this question a lot from, from clients, from prospects, from literally just about everybody I meet or talk to. And this is a, a truly exciting time financially for the insurance industry. And here's what I mean by that. Now, believe me, no one, including myself, is excited about inflation and what's going on to the economy and what's, and what's how it's impacting the average person. It, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But the part that's exciting for the industry is the rising interest rate environment. Finally, finally, after over a dozen years, the interest rate environment is actually, it's, it's a shock. It feels like a shock, but it's actually moving back to something that's more normal. In other words, I'm old enough to remember, and it wasn't that long ago, that you know a seven percent mortgage, seven or eight percent mortgage was normal. Folks, today thirty-year fixed mortgages are in the six percent range already. We're quickly approaching normal rates. Now, why it seems like such a shock is because we've had for so long, the last decade or so, sub uh, is no. 
the lowest levels in the history of our country. And that's a, a statistical fact. So the lowest levels that we've ever seen for, you know, 200 plus years, okay? And for the longest period of time we've ever seen. In other words, we've, we, we've just experienced a, a period of the Federal Reserve for a lot of political reasons, really, influencing or, yeah, over, over is influencing the, the economy and the market and interest rates with easy monetary policy to a, a greater degree than we've ever seen. In other words, they're putting their thumb on the scale, so to speak, and interfering with the markets more, the economy, more than we've ever seen. And unfortunately, as commonly happens, they overdid it. They did it for too long, too much, too long. And it comes back to these, <laughs> I think, I forget who said this, but overeducated idiots. And, and, and then I mean it, mean that way. They, what I mean by that is you get these highly educated, highly influential, elitist type of people. The Federal Reserve clearly falls into that type of category. And they get thinking that they're smarter than everyone else. They, they think they know what they're, they think they can control things, okay? And for a while, maybe they do. But then things get out of hand, get out of their control, and then they suddenly realize really how out of touch they really were. And like most people with human nature, and I, I even shared this at the workshop I did this last week in Seattle, I said one of the, one of the first things I talked about was, you know, human nature, we, 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 we easily become comfortable in the way, it's, uh, the way a thing is, the status quo, the comfort zone. We've all heard that. Most most people easily adapt and then become comfortable. In, we're easily adapt adaptable, but then, which is not, not comfortable for most people, but then quickly get settled into a new comfort zone, right? In the comfort zone we've been dealing with, again, for the last decade plus with the financial stuff is easy monetary policy, which obviously means low interest rate environment, easy money. Um, easy for businesses to grow and expand, cheap money, I should say, uh, which is causes things like the stock market to you know go up, real estate values to go up, you know, and we've seen the strongest real estate and stock markets uh, probably in history over the past decade. Certainly one of the best decades in history. On the flip side of that, now, well, before we get to that, the thing is, as I was stating to this, the group I was speaking to, I said, look, the, the era of the easy monetary policy is gone. Folks, it's over, finito, it's in the rearview mirror. The problem is most people don't realize it yet, or they're just coming to realize it, or they're gonna realize it far too late. Let me give you an example. I've shared this a few times, but this is so poignant. The prime, the prime rate, which is one of the rates considered basically the, typically I should say, the best rate a person, an individual can borrow money at. And it was in March of 2022, three and a quarter. And it'd been about three and a quarter percent for quite some time. If you think about a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, primary residence, good credit, what was the rates you could get? And the reality was around low threes was, was about as good as it got. I saw some high twos for a very brief period. But the reality is about 3%. And today, four or five months later, 
those same rates for that same borrower, good credit, is around 6%. Literally, in four or five months, interest rates have doubled. Now, that's a shock to the system. That's aggressive, very, very aggressive uh, interest rate increases the Federal Reserve has been doing. And they're not done yet. They're telling us that they're going to continue. So people are eventually going to get used to it and come to grips with this. But it's, it's a shock to the system. And most people struggle with that. It's basic human nature. I don't know why. I guess that's the way I was wired. I'm not really sure. I've never suffered from that. In fact, I've been, and if you've listened to the show for any period of time, you quickly realize I, I, I tend to be a front runner, if you know what I'm trying to say. I tend to anticipate um, macroeconomic scenarios. And what I had learned, I had to learn this the hard way, by, by the way. I, I tend to be ahead of the curve. And in the past, oftentimes that was to my detriment. In other words, I would pull the trigger. I would see something to me, it seemed clear, and pull the trigger and realize I was a year or two ahead of everybody else. And, and, and it cost me as a result. I've learned to become more patient as I've, you know, matured a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I, you know, sometimes people will call me the town crier and various things like that. It's, it's true. I, I can share so many examples, but one, one, one clear one was, you know, in the end of March 2020, I was talking about look out for a drop in the stock market because this COVID thing, the, the shutdowns that they're proposing could really have an impact. And it did. It, you know, the S&P dropped 30% 30 days. Quickly recovered, of course, thereafter, which uh, uh, very few people saw coming. But the liter literally, the, the drop, you know, I was predicting it about a month before it happened. And I had people giving me a hard time about it. Well, you're causing panic. You're, 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 uh, you're exaggerating. You're this, you're that. And within a matter of weeks, my predictions, my 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 spider sense, if you will, spidey sense, my, not only were they right, I, I was being conservative. I talk about a lot of these kinds of things, and I'm going to talk about some more of them as we discuss this going forward. So stay tuned in the next segment. And in the meantime, if you want to learn how to navigate this and see what is happening, you know, contact me, yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. So I was kind of sharing a few thoughts in the last segment about how I've, throughout my my career, have tended to be a, a front runner with macroeconomic ideas. I tend to be ahead of the curve because I don't have the same comfort zone kind of uh, situation like most human beings do. It's a, it's it, it, it. I struggled understanding it for some while. And unfortunately, my wife, who's a, a human behavior expert, helped me help me understand some of it. Plus, just experience of working with people, how they just don't see things coming as as quickly as often as I do, and it's um, it's it's a human nature comfort zone kind of thing. We we get we get used to the way something is, and like I was sharing in the workshop a few days ago, that 
you know, the easy monetary policy, low interest rate environment that we're in is gone. It's long gone. It's probably gone for a while. And that's not me saying that. That's Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve chairman. Because one of the things he stated, and this is, this is I think, a, a key thing to understand. One of the things he stated recently is they're, they, they've taken the lessons from the 1970s. Now, and that's important to understand because the last time that our country dealt with inflation like we're, we're dealing with now was in the 1970s. And one of the things the Federal Reserve did to fight inflation was raise interest rates. Now, what they tended to do then was they would raise the rates to, to uh, tackle inflation. And then inflation would start to subside. And then the Federal Reserve would fairly quickly start to reduce the rates. And then inflation would rear its ugly head again, and they would raise the rates again. They went through this. If you look at the history of the I studied this recently. If you look at the history of Federal Reserve interest rate hikes or interest rates changes, I should say, it, that process kind of repeated itself throughout most of the 70s. So there was really twin recessions, one in the early 70s, one, one, uh, worse one in the late 70s. And inflation wasn't finally tamed or until Paul Volcker, you know, raised the federal funds rate to 20%. I mean, that just finally killed it. And so what Jerome Powell stated recently was, look, we're going to raise rates and we're going to have to raise rates. He's also stated rates are going to have to be higher than the rate of inflation for them to have a real impact. Now, I'm not saying the federal funds rate has to be higher than inflation, but certainly the borrowing cost for individuals will have to be higher than inflation. Now, folks, inflation's been floating around eight and a half, nine percent for the last several months. And the prime rate is about 3% higher than the federal funds rate on average. So if eight, nine percent is the inflation rate, that means the federal funds rate needs to be at least two or three percent below that for the prime to be above it. Now, the prime, if if, it, if inflation is eight nine percent, prime needs to be nine ten percent, doesn't it? Which means we could easily see a six to seven percent federal funds rate. Folks, we're at about half that right now. Now, I know for some of you that sounds crazy because one one of the things you're hearing and is people poo-pooing the idea, so to speak, and saying, oh, that'll never happen. Well, they also told us inflation was transitory, didn't they? But what's even more important is what Jerome Powell stated recently is they learned from the lesson from the 70s. What they're going to do this time is when they get the rates high enough to start uh, turning inflation around, they're going to wait a while to make sure it's gone before they start dropping the rates again. Well, folks, that in and of itself tells us that in higher interest rates are going to be around probably far longer than most people think or envision right now. In other words, we could be easily, easily dealing with higher than average inflation rate, I'm sorry, interest rates for the next several years. What is that going to do to the overall economy, the stock market, real estate values? cryptocurrency, precious metals, all these different assets that people tend to invest in. Oh, by the way, the one, one of the investments that has kind of become the lost, forgotten stepchild because of the last decade of low interest rates are interest rate sensitive assets. Things like dividend paying stocks, CDs, and dividend, dividend paying 
high cash value insurance. In other words, the insurance industry, which tends to pay some of the highest dividends guaranteed tax-free out there, is poised to go up. And not only go up, but go up significantly and for the next not several years at least. Because the Federal Reserve is still aggressively raising rates and flat out telling us they're going to keep them there for a while until they believe that inflation is finally tamed. Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com for more information. I can help share with you how you can navigate this rapidly changing interest rate environment and this rapidly changing economy we are dealing with. And you can thrive in this and really succeed. I'm going to share with you how you can actually create double-digit returns safely in the next segment, so don't miss it. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. So one of the things I get asked all the time is, well, what should I invest in right now? Well, that's a really tough question. Because again, as you heard the last segment, as I stated, if interest rates are going to stay higher than normal and going to stay there for a while, according to the Federal Reserve, not according to me, and we could easily be dealing with this for the next several years. We'll, we'll see, won't we? We'll see what happens. But certainly it's definitely in the realm of possibility that we're dealing with higher than average inflation or interest rates for the next several years at least. So what should you do? Well, typically in a high interest rate environment, you're going to want to look at interest rate sensitive assets, right? Now, the other part of it, though, is we're in a recession. And, you know, no matter what the politicians try to tell us, we've had two consecutive negative GDP quarters. That's a definition of a recession and has been so for decades and decades. Folks, we're in a recession, okay? So the economy is not as strong as some would love lead us to believe, okay? And so there's the risk of assets losing value. So you have things like, you know, dividend paying stocks, you have things like bonds that are highly interest rate sensitive, um, but they are subject to some market risk. And when you have a weaker economy, just in general, this is basic macroeconomics, all right? Those kinds of things have a greater risk of failure, okay? In a weaker economy. No one can argue that. Um, real estate, has a, like things like that as a tangible asset, typically do better in, uh, in a higher interest rate situation. But uh, <laughs> the, the real estate market has gone through the roof in most parts of the country over the last couple of years. And the affordability is just at, at the worst levels it's been in decades. So unless we see a tremendous uh, reduction in values. And in some areas, I think we're going to see some significant ones. There's a number of reasons why that maybe, you know, I, I've gone into it other, other shows and will again, I'm sure, but there's a lot of reasons why some areas are going to see some significant reductions, but there's also cross currents in, in that there's a, uh, in many places, an overall housing short, a ho shortage of housing. 
So that's going to offset the drops in values. It's Real estate's a really complicated one right now in terms of where it's going to go. I, I do, in my opinion, believe, and again, this is opinion, and, and, and also I've seen this from many, many experts of saying 2023 and 2024 are going to be a really, really rough years for real estate because of the higher interest rate environment with the Fed. And of course, if that continues and continues to exacerbate further, well, those, things, those, those negative impacts will be even further, won't they? Like I said earlier, I think I think high interest rate in, in the high interest rate environment is going to last longer than most people think or realize at this point, which will have a greater impact on real estate than many think or realize at this point. We will see. Uh, cryptocurrencies, what can I say? My opinion, it's always just been speculative anyway, and of course, it's it's took a major hit as a result. There's new the problem is again, there's as, as much as the technology, the, the uh, blockchain technology, for example, is great, we've looked we've looked at, at it with our, in our bank board meetings uh, extensively, and then dealt with and talked to a number of, of uh, blockchain experts. The but the underlying currencies assets lack at this point any tangible value, and therefore, by definition, it puts it, it purely in the speculative territory. So I always say, if people ask me, if you want to go in that direction, you can understand it's purely speculation at this point. That may change its, uh, That may change in the future. But right now, it's just not there. It's kind of like green energy. It's nice if you can make it work, but it's just not ready for prime time yet, not in any major way. Maybe it's a minor side thing in certain specific situations. Yes, it's commercially viable, but... It's not ready for prime time yet. And that's how I feel. I guess that's what I'm saying is I'm not a negative to crypto. I just don't think it's ready for prime time yet. That could and probably will change. Just not there yet. Okay. And, and, and uh, you know, with precious metals, I know I'm going to step on some toes here. But historically speaking, uh, and I've shared this in other shows, um, you know, gold and silver and things like that, when you have a rough economy, High interest rates and things, uh, you know, gold and silver and things like that have gone up in value. I mean, if you look at 0809 period, uh, all it, all gold did was go up for three years, okay? But if you look at the March 2020, you look at the charts, look at the gold charts. It's public record. You can go to yahoo.com for free, Yahoo Finance, and look at the charts of, of gold in March of 2022. The S&P 500 dropped 30% in 30 days. The country and multiple countries were shutting down businesses and all that across the country, which was obviously had a very strong negative effect on the economy. And you would think that gold would go up. It didn't. And we've had the worst six months in since 1950 in the stock market. That's in 70 years, folks. That's the worst first six months of any stock market in 70 years. I mean, that's a statistical fact. You would think that precious metals would thrive, would go up in that environment. And then they, they have, for the most part, done little or nothing. Why? I, I can't answer that question completely, but I have some strong evidence through some contacts and, and people that I've discussed this with. And you know, 80% of the gold reserves, for example, in the world are held by the world's central banks. That's the Bank of China, 
the Federal Reserve, the Bank of Europe. And they, during like the 2020, March of 2020 period, they sold a lot of gold to keep the price from going up intentionally, I believe. And when you, when you own 80% of the, when you control 80% of an asset, basically you control the price, don't you? Right? So it's no secret that gold prices have been manipulated throughout history, okay, by the central banks. So I, I would just say proceed with caution. I'm not saying not to invest in any of these things. What I'm, what I'm wanting people to help them understand is proceed with caution. So we're in uncertain times. We're in very, very precarious times. We're in very unusual times in many, many ways, but certainly economically. So I do believe that having some dry powder, and that's a common term in the financial industry, which basically means you have some cash available, is a really smart move, particularly in uncertain economic times like we are right now. And if you're sitting, a lot of people, you know, in these kind of situations, I know a lot of professional and, and institutional investors who have moved or a, lot, a significant portion of their assets have moved to cash. In other words, they're just sitting on the sidelines waiting. The problem is when you sit on cash like that and you have 8 9% inflation, according to the CPI, which I think we all understand inflation is higher than that. You're you're losing eight, nine, ten percent a year on your money if you're if you're not if you're sitting in cash and not earning little earning little or nothing, right? I don't understand that philosophy, especially if you understand that you can earn five, six percent dividends, guaranteed, insured, and tax free, and then have a, access to eighty five percent of your money, for example. Let me get let me, and then when you do see an opportunity, and I am a I am optimistic that where there are going to be some tremendous opportunities in the future particularly the longer this economic downturn and high interest rate environment lasts the longer it exacerbates itself the stronger and more impactful it's going to become right and i and i do believe as i stated in earlier segments according to the federal people aren't listening if they don't believe this the federal reserve is telling us this is going to last a while okay they're going to keep interest rates up for a while, even after inflation is tamed. And it has nowhere close to being tamed yet. They're still raising rates. So sitting in cash, knowing and knowing that this could last a while, I, I understand a lot of people don't think so or hasn't, haven't thought so. But again, we were told this was transitory, and that's clearly not the case. <laughs> Most everyone's learned that lesson. Um, you're losing. You're losing 8, 9, 10% a year. Why not make five or six? You're still losing, but not nearly as much. And then when you can access it, you can access 85% of it day one, like I said, if you structure it correctly. You can get a couple, two or 3% positive arbitrage, potentially more in the future, given the scenario we're in with interest rates, and pull the trigger and take advantage of purchasing that asset or whatever. You know, when you see, man, that's a great price, and I would love to own that asset at that price, you can pull the trigger and do it without any negative you know, penalties or tax consequences or anything else, right? Why not put yourself in that position so you can take advantage to pull the trigger that time? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a, a quick ex example here. Talk, recently, actually today, talking to a, uh, 
a contractor who's wanting to who wanting to retire, and he's put some money away, and he's looking at what what to do with it so he can retire. And we discussed funding in the personal bank policy, and then he could access the funds at a positive arbitrage scenario and have more money in his pocket every year the rest of his his life. Him and his wife, right? An increasing income. That's a smart thing to do. He's also considering got enough money he could build some houses and rent them out and create a rental income, essentially for the rest of his life. Now, both work. But my point is, he's, he's doing, he's making the mistake that I often see with many, many people. And the mistake is, he's looking at, should I invest in this or that? And my statement is, do both. Where he's missing the point, at least so far, we're still in discussion, and hopefully, I'm hopeful that he will come to realize this for his benefit, more than mine, frankly, is he can do both. In other words, instead of taking the money and building houses and then renting them out to create a rental income, why not put them in the policy, then access 85%, build the houses, and create the rental income and get the positive arbitrage on top of it on all the money? It's going to have more money, folks. Now, the argument was, well, he could use 100% of the money today to build the houses versus 85%. I understand that. It might mean one less house, right? But let's assume, for example, he was going to go build five houses with the funds he has available and rent them out. Well, if he used 80%, he could only build four, right, instead. He'd have slightly less rental income. But if he funded in the policy first, say you're earning six, let's say 6% dividend, access it at 4% to build the houses, the four houses, he'd be making 2% on all the money he was using to build those four houses. And that 2% he would earn positive arbitrage, whatever the positive arbitrage would be, would earn it every year the rest of his life. Folks, if you understand compound interest, it means there's going to be more money, right? So the, the point is, it's that Short-term thinking versus medium to longer-term thinking. He's thinking, you know, I want to make the money in the next two years. Well, I we all do. But why not make the money in the next two years and the next five and the next ten and so on? In other words, are you going to meet, meet, are you need money in two years? Probably. If Are you going to need it in five and ten years? Most definitely. You see what I'm saying is, instead of looking at this, and that's what a lot of listeners do. I can tell you, and that's one of the questions I get all the time. Should I, I'm considering, I've listened to you for a while. It's interesting. It's intriguing. I like the idea of positive arbitrage, tax-free guarantees. I like the idea of diversification. But, you know, I, I'm considering this versus what I'm already doing or this other investment. And again, that's a major mistake. I'm saying, do if you have another investment you like, do it. Just incorporate the personal bank along with it gain the positive arbitrage as a result, and make more money overall. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com or toll-free 866-268-4422 for more information. Again, that's 866-268-4422. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.